New Year, new you. I'm not sure if you've said this before, but I know you've heard it. What a strange concept this is. Now I get where it's coming from. I understand why people say something like that because they think that the new year brings a lot of opportunity and this is the year that they're going to get in shape, that they're going to save money, that they're going to do all of the things that they said they were going to do before. And the reality is most people, when they set resolutions, fail by the second week of January. Well, today isn't about New Year, New You, but it is about helping you to find five different things, five unexpected reasons that you likely aren't losing weight. These five reasons you may not be thinking about already. As we go into the new year, most people set a weight loss resolution as their number one resolution or goal. And so if that is you and you're setting some sort of weight loss or fat loss goal, I want to give you five things that you can think about, not to create a new you, but to create a more evolved version of you. It's a new year. Why don't we look at things from a new perspective? Welcome to the evolved man where we are at war with the mediocrity of modern man. The evolved man is for men like you who are willing to be strong, open, and aggressive learners. Men who are not afraid to disrupt and change. It's time we ditch the current conventional idea that we devolve with age, that the dad bod is our destiny, and that the glory days are behind us. Your best isn't behind you, and I'm here to provide you with practical tools, a few tips and tricks, and everyday wisdom to help you evolve into your highest form. Strong, lean, smart, educated, and emotionally intelligent. Now, let's go to war. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to The Evolved Man. This is episode 155. Here are five unexpected reasons you aren't losing weight. As we get into 2024, I am very excited. 2023 was a banner year for us. We saw significant growth in podcast downloads. We had some amazing guests on, some of them as returning guests. And I just want to thank you for listening and hey, do me a favor, if you would, if there is some value that you're getting out of the podcast, could you drop us a uh, a rating on iTunes or Spotify? That helps us to get more reach. But if you are getting even more value, I would love you forever if you could share the episode with your family, friends, or colleagues. I know that there are a lot of people out there at this time of year that are trying to make some change, and I want to make sure that we get this message out to as many of them as possible. So do me a favor, if you're the type of person that likes to help other people, share this out with your group, and you will help them and help us to reach more people. Coming up this year, we've got some amazing things booked. We're going to continue with our cadence of having some of these shorter episodes where we talk through basic concepts, basic ep uh, ideas that will help you to evolve into your most evolved version of yourself, but also some amazing guests that will be coming on for some longer conversations. We've already had some commitments from top-selling authors 
from psychologists, from fitness people, from yogis, so you name it, everything that we've done in the past and more, and a lot of great things coming up. So stay tuned to The Evolved Man. This is going to be our best year yet. 2023 was a great year of growth for us, and I'm looking forward to continuing on that same path in 2024. And now, on to the show. Now, most of you have heard the basics. In fact, many of you listening to this episode have done multiple programs. If you've ever had to lose weight, you've tried at least one tactic or more. Maybe you've gone on a strict diet of eating whole foods and you did the whole 30. Perhaps you went keto or low carb and saw a significant drop in your weight. Maybe you bought the Peloton that is now your greatest, most expensive coat hanger, but with good intentions, it uh, never really took off. Most people start with good intentions, but they fail to see where some of the blind spots are. That's why they're called blind spots. Now, one of the biggest differences between someone who's an expert and someone who is an amateur is that the expert understands the broad swath, the very nuanced approach that needs to happen when it comes to the plan, and they don't make things out to be bigger than what they are. They also don't minimize the things that are less important. So becoming an expert in your own body requires some skill. It requires education and it requires practice. But there's so much information out there. The question becomes, how do you disseminate between that information? How do you decide what's just opinion and what is fact and based on science? Now, here's the interesting thing about science. We talk about science as if it is only one thing. Because this doctor or this study said it, we believe that that's science, and that's not the case. Science as a practice starts off with the scientific process where there is an idea, a theory, a hypothesis that's created. And from that idea, theory, or hypothesis, there are parameters that are put in place and then tests done to determine whether or not a certain practice, a certain hypothesis, a certain theory is correct. But there's also another way. You see, science is observational in nature. We can determine success in any area of life by sitting back and observing what created that success in the first place, either for ourselves or for someone else. Now, if you're like most people, you are coming into 2024 with a weight loss or some sort of physical physique related goal. And if you're like most people, you are set up to do the same thing you did before, but you've just put lipstick on a pig and called it something different. Last year when you did keto and you saw some weight loss and this year you're not doing keto, but you're going to go strict with your eating and you're going to eat clean. Guys, I'm telling you, regardless of what your overall tactic is, nine times out of 10, when I talk to people in my first conversation, they are just repeating the same tactics over and over again with a slight variation. There's no strategy. 
And often what's missing is one of these five things. So what are the five unexpected reasons you aren't losing weight? I want to make sure that we give them to you quick and give you back as much time in your day as possible. If you want to learn more about these, shoot me a message. Let's have a conversation. Number one is probably more unexpected than you would imagine. But it's how do you view yourself? What is your identity? When you wake up in the morning, when you put your head on the pillow at night, how do you see yourself? Do you visualize yourself? Do you see yourself? And do you identify as a fit person, as someone who is athletic? You see, after having spent a quarter of a century in the health and fitness field, the one thing I can tell you is identity drives behavior more than just about anything else. If I see myself as a healthy, fit person, I will do healthy and fit things. If I tell myself I'm athletic, then I will do the things that athletes do. I can tell you right now, 47 years old, I am stronger on just about every lift than I've ever been in my entire life. I've tested it, and I know that I can lift more in all of the major lifts than what I did even 10, 15, or 20 years ago. I snowboard, I trail run, I hike. I do all of these things, and just in case you think that I have hours and hours in the day to do this, and you don't, and that's my advantage, it's not true. I have about the same amount of time with family responsibilities, running my business, and everything else that you have. Now, I view myself as a healthy person. I view myself as a growth-minded person. I view myself as a person who constantly challenges himself. In fact, every day when I wake up, I don't think about how amazing and awesome I am. I think about what is it that I'm going to do to challenge myself to become better, to become stronger, to become more fit, more lean, more powerful. Because the identity that I have is a constant growth person. Now, I also see myself as someone who is athletic, and that's not because I'm a natural-born athlete. Many of the things that I've become athletic in, I've had to work very hard on. How you view yourself will dictate the way that you move, the way that you eat, and the way that you interact with others in life. Your identity is the number one reason that you aren't losing weight. You may have lost weight in the past. You may have been slightly lean. Back in the glory days of high school, you may have been the man. But now, you don't see yourself that way. And if you see yourself as a balding, overweight, sluggish, low-testosterone guy, that is what you will continue to be. The second reason that might be unexpected as to why you're not losing weight is you're not sleeping well. Now, I know there's nothing novel about me telling you this. Many of you have read this or heard this before, where if you don't get sleep, you can't lose fat, and people will tell you all sorts of reasons why that are unscientific. But the reality is, if you're not sleeping well, 
you may not be losing body fat. Not because of the sleep, but because of what sleep does to a couple of key areas of your life. The first is your hormone health. You see, when we don't sleep well, and we're not getting deep, restful sleep, we are dysregulating two key hormones, leptin and ghrelin. What are these hormones? Well, they're the hormones that regulate how full and satisfied we are when we eat, and also how hungry we are. You see, what happens is when we don't sleep well, we tend to feel more hungry because we're in a constant stressed state. And so we eat more. And so we don't gain weight because of the lack of sleep. We gain weight because we throw the hormonal balance off and we eat more. We don't gain weight because of the lack of sleep. We gain weight because we are not satisfied when we eat. You see, when leptin and ghrelin get thrown off, and we start to develop this hormonal cascade of negativity. We are running into issues that cause behavior to change. We're less satisfied with food and we tend to eat more food. We are also causing consistent increases in hormone cortisol. And when we have increases in cortisol, I've never had any of my executive clients to come to me and say, Steve, I was so stressed. I just finished up the annual plan. I just finished up the quarterly financials. I just finished up that two-week road trip with my business and running around to all of our places. And I was so stressed, and I just sat down and ate a bunch of broccoli. I've never heard that before. What I have heard is that when the demands of life and work put the pressure on, the first thing that people go towards is what makes me feel better in the moment. Where can I get a quick dopaminergic hit? And that typically comes in the form of carbohydrates and sugar. And when carbohydrates and fat are pulled together and we don't have protein to create satiation, we have a tendency to eat more. Are we getting fat because of all sorts of crazy chemicals in our body? No. Are we getting fat because our sleep is off, which then vis-a-vis leads to our hormones being off, which then vis-a-vis changes our behavior? Yes. Now, there's another part of it. When we don't sleep well, we don't train very hard. If you're not getting the appropriate rest, you may skip a workout. Or if you get the workout in, you're not training as hard as what you were before. I've seen people where their sleep has led to almost a 60% decrease in their overall performance in strength activities. I've seen people decrease 30 to 40% in cardiovascular output activities. In fact, several years ago, one of the uh, Olympic athletes that I was working with, when we started to do some testing on him, and it was the time to do what's called a Wingate test and a blood lactate test. We were doing the Wingate and the blood lactate test, and I said, how are you feeling? Standard questions as we go uh, before the test. And he looked at me, he said, I think this one might be a little bit off. Why? I ate a cookie five days ago. I said, you can feel that. Yeah. Now, most of you will not get to that point ever in life where you can feel something in your performance that you ate five days ago. But 
if that's the case for a top level national and international competing speed skater, what about you when it comes to a lack of sleep? You see, if you're not sleeping well, you aren't training well. If you aren't training well, guess what? You won't sleep well. And that cycle continues, and you will have a more difficult time losing weight. Number three, this one's very common, and I hesitated to even put this on the list, but it's so common and so overlooked that it needs to be said because it's kind of like the basics that just we have to come back to all the time. Number three is you overestimate what you burn when you work out and you underestimate the calories that you're taking in. You see, once your lifestyle is in place, in order to lose body fat, the first thing we have to look at is your caloric balance. What's your intake versus your output? After we've looked at your caloric balance and we move up from there to make sure your macronutrients, your meal timing, all of these things are important and that they are structured in. But if we forget the caloric intake and output, then we're missing out on a major part of the equation. Number three is that most people overestimate what they burn and they underestimate what they eat. Now, part of the problem here is that it's not your fault. You might even be wearing a Fitbit, an Apple Watch, or a number of other devices. In fact, I just switched over to a Whoop recently. And uh, as a side note, not to go too deep into the rabbit hole, I'm loving the results that I'm getting from it. Whoop is not paying me. Uh, I have no relationship with them whatsoever. But so far, I'm enjoying what I'm learning. If you're wearing a wearable and you jump on the treadmill or the bike and you start working out, those wearables have a tendency to overestimate the amount of calories that you're burning. Now, that we know for sure. Because when I worked as a metabolic testing specialist, an exercise testing specialist for the University of Utah, and we would test output, we would capture the gases with a mask on while people were on a bike or a treadmill, and then we looked at that compared to what the wearable said they were burning, the calories just didn't match up. Now, I don't think that that means that your wearable is not useful or helpful. I actually use the wearables as a baseline. And so if I work out and it tells me that I burned 300 calories, then I know that based on my heart rate, my output, my respiratory rate, that that was the same as the last time that it said I burned 300 calories. Now, does it mean I'm burning 300 calories? I don't care. For me, it doesn't matter because it just helps me to understand where my baseline is. If I want to lose more uh, body fat, I'm going to increase that or I'm going to pull my caloric intake down. But most people overestimate, and part of that is not your fault. Now, I will tell you, most people significantly underestimate what they eat. It's so easy, especially if you're eating out, to overconsume in calories. Now, again, not your fault, but it is your responsibility to pay attention to it. You see, I don't, I take a different view than what I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people out there view the food industry as some sort of big behemoth that's out to kill everybody. I don't think that's the case. 
I believe that the food industry is just like any other industry. In the free market economy, they are trying to make money. And so if they can make their food more palatable and get you to eat more of it, then you will continue to buy, they will continue to make money, and the cycle continues. Economics and the function of the economic cycle is not evil. There's nothing inherent about our economic system that is evil. But food companies will do what they can to get you to eat more. And so when you pick up that potato chip, when you pick up that can of soda, even when you pick up foods that used to be something different than what they are today, there are extra calories that are loaded in there from sugars and fats. In fact, if you want to do a deep dive on this, go look at the ingredients list of some of your favorite foods today and then do some research and look at what those ingredients and the calories were 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. They're not the same. We are simply consuming more calories because we are working to make food more palatable so that we can sell more of it. And so if you're not making your own food or you're not watching what's on the labels, you will have a tendency to overestimate your output and underestimate your input. Number four, you're making major things minor and minor things major. Now, as I said at the beginning, there's a big difference between an expert and an amateur. An amateur might look at one mechanism and say, that's important. They may look at one tactic and say, that's going to make a difference. Experts see the entire field and understand where the levers and the buttons are that need to be pushed and pulled at specific times and what just doesn't work. You don't need a cleanse. You don't need to eat clean. You just need a strategy. I've heard people at the beginning of the year talking about how they're kicking off their weight loss journey by going on a massive cleanse. And this is going to help to kickstart my journey of fat loss. I hate to break it to you, but the opposite is true. The cleanse will not help with your fat loss journey. It will probably just help you to have better diarrhea. Eating clean will do nothing for your weight loss journey. Will it help you to be healthier in the long run? Absolutely. Eating a wide variety of foods and making sure that you get the nutrients that your body needs is critical to your epigenetics. Your cells are literally made from the food that you intake, and you have the ability to change the expression of your genes based on how you eat, how you sleep, and how you train. You are not losing weight because you are making major things minor, i.e. lifestyle, caloric intake, macronutrient balance, sleep, and you are making minor things major. Supplements, cleanses, eating this diet or that. Finally, number five, you've been on a diet too long and you don't have any room to go lower. This is common with people who are constantly trying to lose weight. 
Now, if you've ever looked up online how much you should eat to lose weight and you've gone off of whatever that caloric uh, intake recommendation was from that quote-unquote expert, you may have been eating far less than what your body needed in order to lose weight. Do that over a long period of time and you will downregulate your metabolism. And at a certain point, you won't have any more calories to go down before putting yourself at great risk. I've had several clients over the years that when they came to me, if they were chronic dieters and through the intake process, I learned that they had been dieting off and on for several months, if not years, I shifted them away from a caloric deficit and we started to raise their calories to a level that was supposed to be appropriate for their muscle mass and their weight. And guess what happened? By raising the calories, the body's metabolic rate increased and they were able to drop body fat. Your body downregulates metabolism if you have been in a diet for too long. If you are one of these people, if you have been a chronic dieter, you're eating 1,200 or 1,500 calories per day, and you can't figure out why you continue to get squishier and bigger, or why when you look in the mirror, your arm size is the same, but when you grab it, the density is different. You have been on your diet for too long. So what does that mean? You can never diet? No. What it means is that you need to take into account the body's need for overall nutrients and that most of the time, we should be at a maintenance level of calories. If you're constantly trying to eat in a deficit, and yet you are not losing any weight, the only thing that's happened is your body has downregulated the metabolism, and you are at your maintenance calories, despite you thinking that it's a deficit level caloric intake. So if you've been dieting too long, what do you do? Well, there's good news. You can slowly start to eat a little bit more. My recommendation would be to take whatever it is that you're currently eating and add an extra serving of protein per day for the next two to four weeks. One extra serving of protein, that could be a three to four ounce chicken breast. That could be some lean ground turkey. That could be a three-ounce filet of salmon. And by doing this, what you're doing is slowly raising your caloric intake, but offsetting it because protein has a higher thermic effect. And basically what that means is it takes more energy, more metabolic processes to burn and utilize that protein than it does when you eat carbohydrates or fats. So by starting with an increase in protein, you're able to take your caloric range up while also offsetting it and giving your body the nutrients that it needs. Now, reversing out of a diet and getting yourself back to a healthy metabolism takes significant time. And I don't tell you that to give you a sense of discouragement. I tell you that to give you a fact 
that if you have been in a long-term diet, you should not be trying to reverse yourself out on your own. You need to have a qualified coach, a qualified professional to help you reverse out so that you can get to a point where you can diet down and lose the body fat that you want to lose. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, the five unexpected reasons that you aren't losing weight. Which one was surprising to you? Which one spoke to you? I'm curious to hear from you. What is it? Was there one, two, three, four, or all five that you're employing or that you woke up to today? Do me a favor. Shoot me a message, will you? Hit me up. As I've mentioned before, I am on LinkedIn more often than anything, but uh, I'm also on other social media uh, platforms. You can find me just about anywhere at Steve Cutler with an underscore at the end. Uh, shoot me a message and let's have the conversation continue to go forward. I'd like to know which one of these five unexpected reasons are blocking you from losing weight. And with that, it is, it is time to wrap up another episode of The Evolved Man. Like I mentioned, I am really excited for this next year and the guests that we've got coming on. So stay tuned as we have more of these short chats and conversations together. And also stay tuned as we dive more into our longer conversations. But now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thanks for joining me today for this episode of The Evolved Man. If you're learning from and gaining value from this podcast, please subscribe to the Evolved Man newsletter, where I can support you even more in your personal evolution. I want to help you reverse engineer your success. The Evolved Man newsletter is like getting a free coaching session to keep you moving forward on your path of personal success. Go to the evolvedmanpodcast.com to sign up today. If you found value in this episode, you can give us up to a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify and share it with your network. That's the best way to support the podcast so we can continue to get great guests and provide you with the best wisdom for your daily life. Until next time, keep evolving.